we're going to start our official number 10 double digits jammers in the rough episode this i'm truly excited about i'm always excited about this i look forward to it every week um i'm not bored of it quite yet so give me another 10 episodes and maybe i'll get bored um Mm. but as always we got cody the absolute worst josh the dead stare winter (laughs) we got black vinyl discs dm collectors and throwers admin mini eagle himself mike kim (laughs) this an amazing individual who is our special guest for double digits and i'll let them talk more about themselves and as always it's me Paige. so welcome to episode number 10 guys Mike, I know I gave you a little bit of introduction, but do you want to introduce yourself? Maybe drop some plugs, who you are, um, for those that don't know? I mean, yeah, nobody knows who I am. Uh, I'm Mike Kemp. I've been uh, involved with the sport of disc golf since 2006, Uh, so I've been around a long time, and I've watched it evolve into kind of the chaos it is, um, which is fantastic to see. Um, Watch some of these groups grow into... uh, you know, juggernauts, if you will, which has been uh, crazy to witness. Uh, in addition to that, uh, I die discs when I'm not playing or uh, hammering out the day job, of course. So I'm uh, excited to be here. Um, I don't know if I got a ton more I need to add. I guess if others don't really know what I do. I do custom die work uh, for the most part for people. Fortunate enough to have stuff in uh, bags like Eagle and Simon and uh, a lot of the other Discmania players that are out there uh, as well, which is uh, awesome and been quite a wild ride uh, in addition to that. So, Yeah, no, kind of uno- unofficial dire of a lot of the Discmania team. <laughs> yes. Yeah, even though you have like a, you know, quite a few of your die discs in, the, in their bags, do you still get all giddy when you see one like come out on Jomez when they pull out your discs? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know why either. Uh, but like, even when Eagle was uh, out in Vegas, I was looking and he was throwing the Luster PD2s uh, that I died up for him, and I still just get excited as as can be, just to be like, oh, that's cool. There's my work. It's awesome to see it. Well, I get excited about it to be honest. Like that P3X that he's been jamming on for like two years now, that white one with I think yep. the Zorro. I was yeah. like, oh hey hey hey, that's my kid. That's my yep. kid. Every time I throw, it's like. Like, I love the disc. I throw a P3X, but it's like that die, every time I see it, it's just one of those things, like, I love giving shout-outs. I mean, as you probably know, like, I'm always just, like, supporting anybody I can, and dyers, like, are one of those, like, not necessarily dying breeds because they're they're growing, but it's such a specific art that I want to make sure that I'm representing and supporting those positive ones. So, like, any chance I see these people that, like, I deem as somebody I want to support, I'm just like, oh, cool, cool, cool. That's a little bit of validity. Like, that's a Mike Kemp die out there. Yeah, and I think that's pretty sweet, especially when you see like, well, like I said, like unofficial like dire of the Discmania te- like team. That's that's huge, and there was no like formality to it. I mean, I don't, I, I assume there's not, but no, no, absolutely not. Uh, I just always offer them, you know, the work if they if they want it, just as something that I think is supportive. Um, I mean, that's one of the things that got me into dying discs in the first place. Really was. The idea that you could take something um, that everybody else has, but you could make it personable, you can show off your personality um, in a way maybe that you don't normally get a chance to do so in that medium. Uh, when I first started dying discs back in 2009, there was really not much going on. All you could do was find Jaybird stuff. Mm-hmm. And I had a buddy come out to the course one day uh, with a hot dye 
the Detroit Tigers logo. And I was like, whoa, how'd you do that? And he, you know, walked me through it. Back then it was vinyls. I would hand draw everything out, cut it out by hand with an exacto knife, and I just could hot dip a color. Uh, so I a lot of sketchy older work, uh, of course, but, you know, at the same time, it was a way for me to make everything kind of personal. And, uh, you know, I could carry things like the music I listened to. Uh, I could carry that over into the disc golf world and have it on a Frisbee, uh, which was pretty neat. I dug one up that I did uh, back in, this is from like 2009. So this thing is extremely old. Uh, and it was like a combination of the wall, Dark Side of the Moon. Uh, and then, you know, in Dark Side of the Moon, they re reference um, the lunatic. Uh, so it was the lunatic and he's got, you know, the prison coming out and the walls bleeding out over there. But I don't know. Uh, it's an old ESP wasp uh, that is from 2009. I've got an ace on it. My buddy Nick carried it around for quite a while. Uh, pretty cool to see. But ultimately, yeah, that's why I got into dying discs and uh, why I still like to do it today. Uh, allows people to just, again, show a different side of the personality maybe you don't get to necessarily see on the disc golf course. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever miss the older ways of dying? Um, you know, with this using a exacto knife to cut out that die man sometimes um but at the same time it's so much more rudimentary and it takes a, such a long time to do it um i guess for the fact of yeah, yeah if i want to put in the time and i want to i guess really pour your sweat into it absolutely i love it but at the same time it's uh, it's cumbersome, yeah, <laughs> to yeah. say the least. Um, yeah, especially so. when it's like, you know, a lot of details. And I feel yes. like you can do a lot more details, like like with a cricket, where when you're putting a stencil out and cutting it out, um, you don't want to go too crazy with it because you know you got to cut it out. But yes. you know, at the very end, it's that accomplishment of like pulling off that last piece. Um, I definitely yeah, and you're just like, oh my, finally, <laughs> I did it, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's just like super intense designs if you really get into it, and then like when you finish that last weed or that final detail. So you still get the same experience, in my opinion, um, just a little bit different. Yeah, you definitely can. If they're intricate enough, sometimes I'll spend a couple hours weeding one one stencil for a dye. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, I, I dye everything by hand. So nothing is hot dipped or anything like that. Uh, it's all paintbrush in my hands. So, wow. Yeah, it's it's labor intensive, but at the same time, I get a better feeling out of it just because I know it's all work that I put my hands on. Yeah, and and with like with dying, uh, there's a lot. You know, there's a lot of people that die. Um, there's more people every day starting to die discs, and I feel like there's there's a lot of dyers out there that look the same it's like the same style you know the same kind of you know shaving cream method and then there's some dyers that stand out that when you see a dye from a dye you can tell like oh that's a that's a mike kemp dye right there or like that's a joy reed dye and i feel like you you were able to capture at least some uniqueness in how you dye so i definitely got a slow clap to you on uh, your skills yeah. and the way you, you you've definitely made it unique to you um, which is really cool yeah, I, uh, I mean, when I first started doing this stuff, there was not many people doing it. And even up until COVID, there wasn't many people. But yeah, over the last couple of years, it's exploded, um, which is awesome to see, of course. Um, but at the same time, yeah, you got to find ways to kind of leave your mark and make it like known that it's you. Uh, 
know, you look at like Manny whenever he does his artwork and he leaves the bear hidden there. That's his, his kind of stamp on something. Uh, I like to do the same thing. So uh, I think it's important to us to stand out and just kind of have that touch that no matter, doesn't matter if a hundred people learn the same technique, they still won't have the same kind of touch you have to it. Absolutely. Well, that's awesome. And I think, I mean, for me, it kind of stood out like, what is it? Dark Ace Disc, like George Fiorini. Um, so a little bit of shout out to him. Go check him out. Amazing guy. But I remember having a conversation with him where like you talked about like music meeting disc golf and it's such a easy pairing, right? It's almost like, oh, people talk about like the six pack and disc golf. That's how people get started or, you know, some of the like more nefarious side of it. But it's like, oh yeah, music and disc golf has always gone together for me and what I've like witnessed and whether it's like the speakers on their bags or people with their headphones, it's such a easy pairing. So I thought for me, like that really stood out because like Dark Ace Discs are doing it with like a little bit more metal and diving deeper and down that rabbit hole and exploring that. And I think they're doing amazing things around that collaboration. And even Ryan Coster, he sent me some like disc golf like tunes that he's kind of put together. He does his own little show, but like that kind of pairing surprised me like i mean that's kind of what you paired to start off with that you kind of dive deeper like down there and i mean one of your more famous ones i think is a little bit older grateful dead pairing of dismania right yeah the grateful dead skull and dismania logo in there um do you want to dive deeper into like talking about your musical like not only influence but how you started to kind of pair those and maybe kind of how you continued moving forward with them i think uh I mean, at first, that was – when I first started playing, it was casual. Um, I wasn't doing much other than just going out the course with friends and throwing, you know, the DX stuff that I first had handed to me uh, at the time. Uh, but there was always music. Whenever we went out there, somebody always had music of some sort going. Um, and I thought that was honestly, for one, um, music was such a big influence uh, for my life and, you know, leaning into it for so many different things and so many reasons that it made perfect sense for me to lean into that as kind of how I was going to show my personality off. But secondly, I think it's an easier conversation starter if you're out on the course with people you don't know. Um, You have, I mean, and for me, a lot of the times it was classic rock stuff that was on my discs. Uh, People say, oh, that's a cool uh, rendition of the Animals album cover or whatever the case might be. And you can just kind of ease into uh, a conversation that way uh, and I found that to be the case more often especially when you play events if you're playing a tournament and you're on a group you don't know anybody uh, you guys are there to compete uh, it's the first round you know everything is tense everybody's tight they're trying to get loose something like that can like be the icebreaker that you guys need to relax and stop focusing necessarily on who's shooting how how everybody's shooting uh, I cannot count the number of conversations that have started kind of in that way with some die reference of some sort that people ask about. Then you just kind of, everything just kind of flows from there. Uh, again, it's a great icebreaker. It's easy to warm everybody up uh, and just kind of pull your mind off the jitters that you get from, uh, from that stuff. Yeah. Cause I mean, I think that's a great point. Like not only like some of the social anxiety that comes along with a lot of disc golfers, um, but those icebreakers like i think that's well needed in within tournaments that oh i'm playing with three strangers i've never met and they have some caddies and now it's awkward they're talking they're whispering you try to start conversation and it's like oh yeah you create this common middle ground by showcasing like you know nothing cooler than parking pink floyd like the wall underneath the basket and triggering somebody to talk about like oh hey like i absolutely love the wall this is my favorite song and start to have that conversation and 
then watch it around us instantly go better. Absolutely. Uh, I think it can do a lot, a lot of good for the group morale. I mean, it, it goes a long way. Yeah. Those, that opening first two to three holes can be super tense. If you don't already know the card well and how often you get to go play an event and you know, everybody on the card well enough to have that tension going. It's a uh, few and far between that's for sure. But it does happen when it does, it's pretty magical. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I completely agree. When you're able to do it and witness it, you're just like, ah, that's what it's all about. Yeah, that's what it's all about. It's weird that we are, I mean, in my opinion, uh, for the most part, a giant group of introverts go out typically because they get to play by themselves and it's easy to do. But then we have like this desire to get together and still be introverted at the same time. It's really weird dynamic, but we all embrace it. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> no, I think that's a really good take on it. Like this whole like introverted side of it. And I mean, I had my best round solo, but also like those weird love, like, oh yeah, I'm with two, three people. We're sharing conversation, but it's also like, we're kind of still in our own isolation <laughs> within all of this. Like, it's, yes, it's a unique sport <laughs> that kind of brings that, that, that forward. Um, but also, God, I just slipped my mind. You, you talked about that being a wasp. So when did you, so this is my curiosity because you are a disc mania OG Godfather. When anybody has a question about a disc, they're like, Mike Kemp was going to have the answer. You can be like, hey, look, Domi, X out, color glow, what is it? You're like, boom, that's probably what it is. So when did you train, like, when did you latch on, I guess, to that side of it, like with this mania and choose that this is where you wanted to not only kind of focus all of your energy, but you wanted to kind of be that voice? Because, like, for me, I have a lot of knowledge, but a lot of times I'm just like, I don't know if I want to be that voice. I'm just kind of just doing my own thing. And more recently than not, I'm finding out like I'm an innovaplastic guy, not a dysmania <laughs> guy. Like when did you decide for you that dysmania is your jam? Why? And yeah. Uh, I mean, the thing that made me latch on to it first was I bought, um, oh geez, but I bought color glow claws. Uh, off the Discmania site, um, and that was back in 2017. I had just hit Eagle up uh, for the first time um, on one of his random Instagram videos and said, hey, let me die a disc for you. I'd love to do it. He said, sure. Um, and so I bought the MD3s, and I was hooked on the MD3 uh, right away. Um, and then, you know, from there, customer service interactions with at the time, there was only three people total that ran the U.S. side of operations for Discmania. You had Austin, Chris, and I think DJ was still just the only other one that was there. Um, and then they, but they announced that they were taking over distribution of their own because the Interval was handling all their distribution from a wholesale standpoint. If you wanted to order Discmania, you had to order it through Interval. They had just this little section down at like the bottom right hand side of their order form where you had to pick the Discmania stuff you wanted. Uh, so they said, hey, we're handling our own distribution now. Um, Dana was just jumping on board as kind of like the accounts manager at the time. So I took a chance on it. Uh, and, you know, I just built some awesome relationships from there. Uh, fast forward a little bit to 2018. I went out to GBO. Uh, I met up with Eagle, got to hang out with him. Uh, you know, between that, uh, meeting Simon, uh, watching him interact with uh, UC, uh, like over the phone because I had a phone conversation standing in front of me um, was, you know, another big thing. Uh, how, watching how him and Eagle treated each other 
watching how Pat treated uh, him and Eagle, you know, some of those like values that Discmania talks about and they hold, you were able to see it within them. Um, and that's just kind of where I just was like, okay, this is what I'm going to start to really lean into. And everything just kind of has grown from there. Um, as far as, you know, people saying that I know all the Discmania stuff, I claim that I don't, uh, but I <laughs> seem to certainly know a lot. I didn't try to get that way, but I just, you know, I've been around and just paid attention long enough, I guess. Well, it's like, yeah, and I don't want to paint the picture that you, you know everything. I think it's just one of those things, like, you just know a little bit more than some of these, like, newbies that are jumping in, like, sure. you know, like, oh, yeah, like, the difference of, like, no, there wasn't fl- five runs of Cloudbreaker ones, like, there's right. so many, like, you know, like, being able to kind of just confidently say some of that stuff, and it seems like, you know, being there kind of since that assumption and so kind of led to that, where it's, like, you know, a lot of new people, like, even my, like, I think I've been Discmania for, like, three years at this point, and... Like I've had to dive down and intentionally learn the backstory. So when you're like, oh, well, what are the Color Glow FD runs? I can be like, yes, they're Night Strike 1, 2, and 3, but there was a pre-Night Strike 1. There was the Mystery Box ones. There was a one in between, that 1 and 2. There was, yep. You know, like you yeah. can start to like have that history and kind of suddenly, and like for me, I'm the opposite. Like I didn't dive into that because like I was like this fan, but the, 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 the side of like, I need to know how these fly and why I'm choosing the Night Strike one over all of these other four runs of Color Glow FDs. Like I, for me, I needed to define that. So it's like, it's cool kind of seeing like this glimpse in time where you kind of latched onto it and it was like, oh, cause I'm seeing this side of it. I like embodies what I'm trying to embody. And I want to be close to this as much as I can, even if it's informally, even if it's, you know, just as a like community member, like to me that that's pretty cool to kind of see cause you know, for whatever reason, like people, people have their reasons and latch onto it. Yeah. I mean, and if, if there's anything I could say, it was the people who work for Discmania. That's what hooked me. Uh, Austin is a beast. No. <laughs> yeah. Austin, Chris, Dana, um, you know, like I said, at the time there just, there was not many of them. So it's really easy to get to know the small group of people. And now they're a force of like 25 or 26, I think out in Colorado alone. Oh, wow. Uh, it's, it's been bananas, you know, to, to watch them grow. And it's been like that. It literally has been crazy. Um, and still trying, I mean, more people at the warehouse know who I am and I'm trying to learn everybody at the warehouse, but <laughs> they keep adding staff on. So it's tough to keep up. Well, this is kind of a personal question that isn't scripted. So for me, like I said, like I'm starting to find out with this Dismania jump, like I'm really trying to like their new discs because I do enjoy Dismania and a lot of what they've sent for and, you know, want to support them. But at the end of the day, I'm starting to find myself to be an of a plastic thrower. Um, it just is what it is. Like I'm an, I'm an originals. I fell in love with the original line, all of those discs, all of that plastic. And I'm starting to realize like this isn't quite the same. So how is the transitioning impacting you? I don't need to dive too much into me because I'm probably going to talk about that between now and, like the next six months because well i'm here every week but i want to hear about how this transition to the new italian plastic the new distribution the you got your own custom run of flex twos which are awesome like to see but how is it starting to kind of impact you and how are you transitioning and keeping up as a dismaniac i mean i'm still carrying a ton of the uh old molds as of right now i've got rainmakers the md3 and the fd is what's in my bag from the new line um I don't even, I mean, I've got a few Cloudbreaker 3s, but I, I've i got all my other DD3s are already so well broken uh, that I just haven't wanted to pull them out of your bag yet. You know how it feels when you get so comfortable with something that you 
don't dare to pull it out. Um, so I haven't pulled out of my bag. I do have a have prototype. A go on. <laughs> no worries, man. Uh, I got a, a prototype S line in my bag as well. But I mean, again, for the most part, it's a lot of the uh, the Innova line, and it it's tough to argue with because Innova is a juggernaut in the uh, in the disc golf world, and they have made great plastic over time. One of my favorites is the flat gummy S line PD. Um, and will we see that again? I have no idea. Um, and whether we do or we don't, I will still have them in my bag for as long as I possibly can. But of course, I mean, I mean, Discmania is, you know, venturing, they're driving their ship now and uh, I'm definitely going to support that. So I'm going to bag some of this stuff if it makes sense. But at the same time, if it doesn't make sense for me to throw it at the time, then I, you know, I will certainly support it, but it just may not make my bag plain and simple. Well, you I see that yeah. I think with a lot of pros, they don't uh, necessarily carry everything that they release, but it doesn't mean that it's not a great disc just because it doesn't make your bag. No, so I think yeah, it's, it's one of those like unfair like comparisons as well, because like we know Discmania has been around for a long period of time. And so we're kind of unforgiving that this is the first time they're manufacturing discs for a year. So it's like, oh, when I when I jumped on three years ago to Discmania, it was like, I'm dealing with five plus years of plastic, of molds, of runs, of, you know, everything being flushed out. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's interesting to be on the forefront of a company, you know, where you want all of these older runs. But it's like, no, this is their first run FD. Like, this is their C-Line plastic. This is their first run Cloudbreaker 3. And it's going to evolve because plastic tends to evolve and their needs are going to evolve. Um, and so it's, it's interesting to be on that because it's like, oh, yeah how many people now are dying for first run PDs, but at the time weren't throwing first run PDs, you know, even the claws, for example, like I love my claw, but it wasn't my favorite MD three. When I first started the iron samurai one was when it came out, but like I had a battle to like the claw and now I can't throw anything else, but the claw and it's my desert Island disc, but it took me a long time to get there. And so like, it's really hard to like sell like Dismania short because it's like, you also got to remember like, yes, with their history, but it's also their first year as a manufacturer. So you should probably act like accordingly, like, you know, with my sponsor terminal velocity, they have an Ursus that it's one disc, it's two plastics. And so I'm not going to be like, Oh, I'm not going to throw like terminal velocity because they have one disc. It's like, no, like I've grown to love this and make the adjustment to my bag. And I'm learning as I go because I really want to throw it. And it's a really solid disc, but it's like, oh yeah, like, like for me, it's like catering to some of the, like these new players. Like I know what my bag is. My bag is pretty settled at this point. And now I get the, the, the freedom of exploring new plastics of new, new molds. Like, okay. Like I bagged the new FD for a while and didn't like it. So then I took it out of my bag. This was the, the proto, the giveaway one, not the, not the current run. I tried to bag Iron Samurai 3 and didn't like it but i had that freedom to choose and the freedom to explore and so i mean for me it's always like such an interesting take of being like on the forefront of this all and it sounds like you were definitely on the forefront of dying so we can go back to you know talking about dying if you want and what has it been like to be on that forefront and you know i mean shit you're just a godfather of everything at this point <laughs> I, I have not godfather man. just um, sitting there collecting royalties <laughs> at this point like <laughs> i mean i I've just I've just been there, I guess, fortunate enough to watching this stuff evolve into what it is. Uh, Jaybird was, you know, the number one uh, for dying uh, for a, a very, very long time. And most of the time now, people will hold on to a disc that's died by him. They have no idea who he is. They think that it was done at the end of a fact. Um, 
So, you know, I think that, and I don't know if we'll ever see that again, to be quite honest, um, without Jay revealing his stuff, which he won't unless somebody's willing to pay for everything that he has, that he's built up over 30 plus years of dying. Uh, we may never speed on another level like that again, which is, which is kind of crazy for me to think about because that was the only thing you could do um, was go buy those discs that were dyed, you know, by him. Um, so, I mean, I, I guess just kind of watching it evolve into what it's become has truly been wild. It's been awesome to see it um, and see, you know, all these other people kind of stretch out. Uh, I think pros now more so, and I don't know if it's just because there's more money opportunities for them, um, but they more or less now are willing to show off dyed work. Whereas before, uh, if Paul was throwing a, a dyed Thunderbird and, you know, he made no mention of him throwing a dyed Thunderbird. He was just throwing a Thunderbird. He wasn't showing it off, anything like that. Um, so watching things like that happen too has uh, been pretty wild to see. Uh, but again, you know, I've only been around, you know, since 2006 watching this stuff take kind of take shape. Uh, I've just been, I think, fortunate enough to dipping my toes in and something happens to, you know, to, to get hot or get wild while I've got my toes in the water. Well, and I mean, we have like, you say since 2006, that's like 16 years at this point, it's, which is crazy, like how fast I'm old. Goes. Thanks, Josh. I appreciate <laughs> Thanks, Paige. But, uh, well, my brother's name is Josh. So I was like, I'm kind of used to it. We sound kind of the same. But I was like, <laughs> for me, it's just like, oh yeah, it doesn't Perfect. register. So it's like, <laughs> but I got you. But you're, you're, you're witnessing like, you know, you have 16 years of experience. So with that comes like some notoriety. It comes with like, you took the chance to reach out to Eagle and you got some in this bag. But what's your take on the day and age of kind of new dyers offering like sponsorships almost as a way of validity because they don't necessarily have that experience? And how do you start to balance that out with like your approach to things? And, you know, cause what, like, for example, like lower dyes have been out for two years at mm -hmm. this point. And now they're aggressively sponsoring certain pros and dying yeah. them. And they're only like, they have their contract, they have their, but that offers such a like level of like validity to lore now that they can sell a disc for $120 died, you know? And to me, that's like the crazy where it's just like, yes, you know, but it's like, I'm not, and then I don't want to knock their practices because like lore dies doing their thing and I don't want to do it, but I want to like ask yourself as like somebody that's kind of grassroots and built you're kind of way up to this and you're getting these kind of things versus like kind of almost people coming in and buying their way into some of these situations without necessarily doing some of that work. And where does it kind of fall in between? Because I also know like Huck dies, for example, like, you know, they sponsor players, they sponsor the Eagle and, but he, they've also been around for 19 years. So they're kind of that yeah. subsection of both, but I just wanted to kind of have, hear your take on it. I mean, for uh, personally, um, you know, I think it's great if it's, you know, another avenue that these uh, these people can jump into and pursue. Um, I think, you know, charging the amount of money I see and that they that some people charge for dyed discs blows my mind. I um, If they can get away with it, <laughs> then I mean, have at it. That's, you know, the way the market operates. Um, it's That's just not for me necessarily. I'd rather spend the time getting more stuff to people that's again like i go back to making it personable um right like huck's got their stuff but huck has the tri-fly and that's all they do um that's what you see everywhere it's absolutely iconic first time i saw it was in nate doss's bag um and it was on one of his predators and i was like oh that's fantastic and back in the day they were the ones that had all the cool 
apparel that you could wear back in like 2007. They had the coolest apparel designs. Nobody else had stuff like them. Uh, you, you know, you look at today and you see stuff like lore or you see like greasy dyes and these guys that they just do lots of bright colors or simple shapes. I think it's fantastic, but I don't think it offers the personality again, that like what I try to reach for. Um, I want you to be able to pick up a disc and say, this has got this about me on it specifically. And I feel much more comfortable throwing this specific disc. And if that's for like what I can create, that's what I want to be able to create. I want something that, I don't want to say I want something that like if you lose it, you're going to be super bummed, but I want to help you create that bond and attachment that you get with discs. Um, I mean, we can get them. You know, I've got a uh, prototype S-Line DD3 in my bag from when they first dropped, and I've got such an attachment to that stupid thing, and I rarely throw it, but it still hangs in my bag uh, just because I'm so attached. That's what I want to help people build uh, when it comes to a die disc. I want them to be that excited about it uh, and be that happy about it and really just be like, this is, you know, this is why I like to throw this disc. Well, hey man, I guess you and I are talking, Mike. Cody is freaking silent tonight. Has not said one <laughs> word. I'm just, I'm trying to be the stoic Josh because I'm just taking it all in. Well, that's why Paige is like a kid in the candy store. Like we, we get Josh's dead stare, but Cody silent. God dang. <laughs> But I'm not going to stay silent for him. I'm going to call him out because last time he fell asleep, like what, three weeks ago? And I, guess I did not pants, fall he asleep. He can't engage in conversation. So record, you guys are starting to realize why he's the worst. <laughs> Josh tends to change his nicknames because he changes. He grows, right? He's all about you growing. change my nicknames. <laughs> I still want to know why Paige has never had a nickname. That's what I'm upset about. Because he you says can't give it to yourself, and <laughs> I have the luxury of announcing. He leaves so, the inner circle. That's I'm just going to start leaving my eyes wide. <laughs> just no, but no, no. I like that. You, I like your take on that too, because like, you know, I know there is like a level of like prestige. Some people like to be like, "Hey, look, guess how much this disc cost? Oh, no. well, this has a hundred and five dollar like die on it. Guess how much like so this is a three hundred dollar disc." And and I get it, um, like to a certain extent, but. Like for me, like I'm such like a, like I understand expensive plastic, you know, first run, you know, a claw only came out and like that, that one or two ish runs and they're three, four years old at this point. So you can't get it. So paying a hundred dollars for it, I could get what I don't understand is paying like a hundred, $150 for like a die when it's like, for me, that's like nice strike one for me. That's a money run PD for yeah. me. I spent probably $150 on four CD3s for backups. Like, that's for me. Like, I'd rather be throwing than looking cool. But that's also what I like about you, Mike, is that it's always been fair. You've always been, like, pretty straight to be like, oh, hey, how much for this? And, like, there's not a lot of negotiating going on. And, like, when you speak about getting that in the bags and getting them out there, like, I, I feel that. I see that. I like I've experienced that and I'm still bagging like a, which now that you say that your claws your favorite one, the fact that I have a black vinyl discs claw makes that all the more important into my bag. So now this, like this die that you've done just transcended to another level. And when I was thinking about like taking it out because it's starting to beat in a little bit drifty for me, um, it's like, well, now I get to keep this in because just like what you're saying, that little bit of like attachment to it, because it means just that little bit much more like, Oh, well, Mike Kemp was a guest on jammers in the rough. He died this disc for me as a cover-up like two years ago. And it's been to Texas with me, lost via North Carolina and came back to me. And it's still 
you know, holding this shape. So it's like, oh yeah, that little bit of build continues to grow. And for me, like, like dyes definitely tell a story. You know, I talk about that. Like, I think a lot of times it's about, it's telling a story of who, who's throwing it, um, that connection with their dyer, because you can tell some of those like factory, like dyes where it's just like, oh yeah, there's not really that connection. It's just there. Um, versus like, where it's like, oh, this tells a story of like who that person is. Um, the conversation. Whip that thing out. I want to see it. Where's it at? I want to see it. It's over. It's over there. The people want to see it. <laughs> go, go we're, we're on a podcast. They don't, they don't see. Tell that to YouTube. <laughs> All right. I'll go get it for you. You guys talk amongst yourselves. Yeah. You said I had to talk. So I'm going to call you out, Paige. <laughs> I still think, Mike, I think the first chatted with you was back on the DM Ben page when I think you had me for the deployment one time. Oh, I could have. Yeah. I think you did because I still have your the I got a black vinyl mini I in the nice. bag that came in there. I was like, oh wait, Mike Kemp, I can't believe he's sending me stuff. So that's weird. It's and that was weird. probably what like three years ago, two years ago. No, well, it was probably two or three. Yeah, it's right around like COVID time. I think is when that stuff when Ben yeah, started to really blow up. All right, Paige, show it off. So this is the disc. So you can see. Maybe you can't. That thing was a mess. This thing was a it. mess. Like the reason why it's dyed black on this rim is because we had an amazing individual who decided to write on that part of the rim in permanent marker. And then we Ooh. had, there it is. You can kind of see like a, well, maybe not, you guys can't see, but there's like a little penis here. And when I, when I talk about like $150 discs, I'm like, hey, look, I bought this for $60 because of the, brutal ink on it and it's not the first time i've done this because it's right here as well um yeah you've spent some time sending me projects to do that's for sure <laughs> page inks disc terribly anyway look this thing. It don't like let him blame other people watch you how know, he like, inks stuff but like this is why like i like mike kemp because i've given him like i need to cover this up there's a penis on this one stupid ink and he took that as a challenge and rised above and beyond um it gets a little bit closer into the circle because like i remember like vividly it's like this the other inner layer he did we didn't add because but there's still like some of the balls hanging right so we're like well let's cover this up let's get this PG. let's remember it's this is for family earmuffs, earmuffs. so like we spent like it's just, like a, a good amount of time like designing of like what this is going to look like and for me i don't always like to like represent like brands because sometimes i want me but like my buddy Eric, I was telling you, like he had an orange origin, um, the primal one with the black vinyl discs when you did like kind of like, I think you had a few of them and you yeah. sold them out there. So he had that. And I remember seeing it and be like, oh, black vinyl disc. Like, I really like that logo. Like I'll get on a disc one day. And this is like, you start to see like the die is getting old. It's starting to kind of get a little bit fuzzy because that's how old it is. Yep. Night Strike 1 was another brutal cover up. But he took this dead disc that nobody wanted and he brought it to life. Like I'm out of it. Yeah. I think the lesson here, kids, is don't ink your disc. Oh my don't god, just minimal. No. Inside of the rim. Just right Silver here. Sharpie. Silver Sharpie, people. Or a Holy tile cow. pen. If you go to Lowe's, you can buy a tile pen for a dollar fifty. It writes on plastic glass tile and it stays on there until you wipe it off. Always ink your discs with black Boys. vinyl. Discs. I'd rather stamp it. <laughs> yeah, right. 
We're gonna gonna pay promotion. So the real I reason just... we brought like Mike in here, guys, is because we all want to be sponsored by him. I'm pressuring him to put together. No, I'm kidding. That's why I've been letting you talk. I feel like you're just pitching. Hey, how do I get sponsored? <laughs> how do I get sponsored? Nah. I, I, Sponsorship. I got, my, I got my one and only sponsor, Terminal Velocity and Grow It. I guess two sponsors. That's all I'll I say. Need. That's two. <laughs> I can't count. We count today real well. Yeah, I wear shorts are... to work, but I can count. You got the uh, so you got a new logo recently. Is that replacing the older one or is it just an addition? No, um, you know, this was just like uh, something different to offer. I think Uh, I like my original one, which actually is a I did that for a summer league for our summer league teachers back in like 2011, I think. Uh, or I, I mean a version of it. Um, so it's just kind of grown into that. But no, I like the original one. Skeet did uh, Skeet did that one for me, which is you know a phenomenal one. Just give me something different to offer, and I'll have one from Les here uh, pretty soon as well. So I'll just have a few different iter- iterations, I think, to offer. Um, but the OG one will always be the the half skull with the disc in his head. Yeah, I love that I like one. That one the most. Yeah, and plus That's what I got on my mini. Badass as a mini stamp. Like yeah, absolutely. You can do so much with it, uh, and it's clean. It's relatively simple. Yeah, I love it. So, with, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I just said clean and simple. I, I just have to make sure I'm talking, or else you think I fall asleep on this podcast. <laughs> I'm just going to bring a pillow next week when I'm back. transitioning to a question. See, Cody, you're just you're out of sync. You're out of flow. Like we're just going to flush you down and get you refreshed. Like, come on now. Who wrote the questions? Okay. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> what's the kind of future look like for Black Man of This? Like, I feel like you t- you talk about like when you started from in '06 till now, and did you have this vision of growth or did this happen organically? And do you have like a three to five year plan for black vinyl discs? Like what are some of your like major goals moving forward? Um, man, it's tough to, like, I think about that often. And like, if I really want to push beyond like where I'm at now and I don't know that I honestly want to, I mean, I'm busy enough as it is. I'm always like uh, 15 to 20 orders, like, waiting for me to to walk through i'm always a week to two weeks out on every order that comes in it seems like and all i can do is like push just push things back farther and i don't want to do that i already i hate somebody saying hey i want to get it this time i'm like okay it's going to be like a week to a week and a half maybe two weeks from the time that it lands at my doorstep before i can start and they're like yeah that's not a problem like really (laughs) where's all the impatient people well, I mean, uh, they're out there because like even that like one to two week turnaround or two to three week turnaround, we're dealing with like four to six week with some of their dyers because their their stacks yeah, are growing so much. Like, of course, there's <laughs> yeah, a pound bag, twelve um, weeks. Yeah, twelve. Whew. And I, I feel like that's the direction. Like, because all this golf is doing is growing. All we're having is more eyes in these groups, and like we're gonna have four to six weeks like turnaround or you know, two, like, God forbid, like, two to three months turn around because, like, I mean, good for you, but also, like, man, that's been ridiculous. But for me, how do you, like, how do you find a balance? So I feel like the more embedded you become in disc golf, whether it's a, like, seller, a buyer, or you start to, like, branch out to your own store, you're dying discs, it leaves fewer and fewer, like, room to actually go and play disc golf, especially when you balance, like, a full-time job and if you have kids and responsibilities and all of these things. So how do you find that balance in it to where, like, you're engaging both sides of your hobby 
without losing yourself to one side or the other? It's certainly not easy to do. Um, I mean, I try to make sure that I have at least one tournament um, that I'm going out to play every month. And that's usually like March through November, December, January, February. We have like a local winter league um, that is random doubles every Sunday. So I'm usually out there for that. So, I mean, bare minimum, I'm getting at least one round in a week, um, an event in a month um, to help support like uh, Team Disc Golf 978. They are sponsoring me this year. Um, I know, and then obviously myself, VII Apparel, I'm an ambassador for. So I got to try to make sure that if these people are saying, hey, you know, we want you to wear our stuff or we want to support you, I'm doing whatever I can to, you know, reciprocate that back to them. Um, the balance just comes in like die work. That happens at night. Uh, plain and simple. I have my job during the day. I come home. Uh, it's dinner with the wife and kids. Hang out for a little bit. Get everybody off to bed. And then I sit down and I do die work. I'm up till midnight, one in the morning, probably every single night uh, working on die work, unless I have a tournament the next day. If I have a tournament the next day, I don't do die work the night before. I get some rest and I try to focus on the event. Um, beyond that, I try to take like a day or two off every now and then, but I really don't try to take too much time off because I do not want to push that schedule back any further. But sometimes I have to literally stop and have a night to just kind of be a mush brain and sit in front of the TV and do nothing. Well, and that's where I feel like it is like that full-time job, like additional, because it's not even just like the dying process, right? Like how many messages are you answering? How many DMs? Yeah. Like, are you having like, how many conversations are being had up? Like, Oh, well you see, like, I understand you put it in the center, but now move it to the right a little bit. Let me see that. We'll move it back. Well, what about this left? Like all of that extra work that you're doing to where it's just like, man, like, it's not just, like, the process of dying, because I think if it was just that, boom, 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 easy peasy, but it's, like, no, like, it's all of these conversations, it's, like, that's why, like, I get so amazed by what you do, because not only are you admin in one of the biggest groups for Dismaniacs, you're constantly replying to all of the comments, you're answering messages all of the time, and kids, job, man, like, yeah. oh, man, like, so for me, like, that's just a crazy like schedule to have, but yeah, I mean, and you I also, talk about, Oh, I was no, going to no, say, and you good. talk about, you talk about how everything's so personal and like Paige was just saying, it's not like you're just dump, 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 dump. And then you can go wait for 60 minutes. It's you are like, if you, if anyone got one of his stencils, see on all the intricate detail on the rim, like that's how I know it's a Mike Kemp. Like whenever I see that, I'm like, Oh, that's Mike Kemp. Like, I don't know anyone else that does disc like that. I've seen different dyes and stuff like that. But anytime you look, and I still don't know how you do that. I'm like, how does he do that? But you're doing probably, Listen, I know, but I'm saying, I'm, I was saying, I can't wrap my head around like how he, I'm like a perfectionist. And if I messed something up, I'd be like, oh, I just ruined this disc. So having a wife and three kids and a full-time job myself, even just sometimes talking to disc golf buddies online, I'm like, I need to take sure. a break. So I can only imagine you have to take some time off where you're not burning yourself out, where you don't enjoy dying anymore. So that's, it's gotta be a good balance for you. So it sounds like you're doing it the right way. Well, I mean, it, it's certainly a balance, but at the same time, it's, um, there's parts of it that obviously you have to be very involved, very focused on. And then there's other parts of it where like, I don't know. It's almost like second nature, I guess, at this point. I throw on usually a podcast 
and I just cameras in the roof for three to four hours. <laughs> Plug it in, uh, baby. Yeah, Friday nights I'm listening to you goofballs go back and forth. Uh, <laughs> other than that, though, I mean, you know, I, it just kind of depends. I spend a lot of time listening to history podcasts and stuff like that, so I'm getting some brain food at the same time. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it, finding a balance is not easy. I've been able to find a pretty good groove, but you know, if I don't take time off, I make mistakes, uh, and then people, you know, are disappointed, and I feel bad because I've said, hey, I'm going to do this great work. Um, but again, I'm a, you know, I'm a human being and I, I just try to make sure that I take care of them to the bit where I think they're satisfied, you know, when I, when I mess up an order, but it does happen, unfortunately. Hmm. Well, I mean, we're kind of closing out to our like final 10 minutes. So we're not in a huge rush, but I want to give a spotlight to your VII. I guess that's how you say, it. I always say VI, but if it's VII, yeah, VII apparel, yeah. apparel, like want to give a plug to that because i know you need some like pre-orders in order to kind of help support like that big order um now will be a chance to plug we have more than a few hundred like you know listeners at this point so that's kind of somebody that you can reach in and tap into i mean cody's wearing a, a vii apparel jersey as well You're awesome. i wore yeah. it to work today and i got multiple compliments from parents they were like hey what is that cool design I like it because I'm a big guy. I'm like 6'5", 240 pounds. And it, if you look at the sleeves, normally I have to buy multiple sizes larger. And long, length is long. And it is the most comfortable shirt. I wore it to my son's bat, baseball practice. It's just great. This one even has a hood. You want to stand up and model for us? Do, 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 do. <laughs> I'm telling you. That's a beatboxing. It's long. <laughs> And they even make recycled shirts. I got a recycled shirt from my local club. Let me see this thing. Oh, man, it leaves. Cool. Yeah. Mike, BII apparel. <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah, door. I've got uh, stuff that we're, we're putting together. Go ahead. That's pretty cool. That's the recycled one? Yeah, this is the recycled one. It's like, the, it's like super cotton. It feels so soft. I'm nice. telling you, I wear – I probably wear – is and what is it VII or do you say buy? I say VII. I don't know. VII. Yeah, seven, I got seven apparel. I got four four jerseys and the recycled shirt, and yeah. they are the most comfortable shirts in the world. Yeah, I love I them. Mean, I wear them like I wear a t-shirt underneath this one, and then I can take it off if I get too hot. Like I was playing with kids in the gym today and took it off. But fantastic merch, guys. It's it's going to be more expensive than a normal t-shirt, but. Well, quality worth. like that's the thing I, I don't feel like i i paid too much for this because it's so good quality that i love it yep i've uh that's why i wanted to be an ambassador for them and i was last fall and i am again this spring um fortunately um so yeah i'll have stuff um it's looking like we'll do a, a full sub t long sleeve we'll have a hoodie and then probably a hat choice and i'm gonna have looking at red and black on the colors um and then we'll have the skull up front up here on the chest probably uh, and then on the back side i'll have that skeet design uh i haven't seen a design yet from uh, from the designers but that's what we're leaning into and then once it's available and everybody can we got like a 10-day window where everybody can kind of pack their orders in um and if it feels awesome if it doesn't well you know we'll go back to ground zero and we'll try something different but so wait, what's what's on the front? Your new logo or the on the back? So my OG logo will be on the front, and then on the okay. back I'll have the skeet design. Okay. Yeah, that'll be safe. Yeah. Is there a place they can go specifically in order to pre-order slash support? 
There will be. Um, so they'll build like a little custom store for me and I'll have links and all that jazz and I'll coordinate when it goes live. Um, but none of it's quite ready yet. So as soon as it is, I'll drop it on my Facebook page. It'll go on my Instagram page. It'll go in the lounge. So everybody there that uh, said that they wanted to buy some will have a chance to pick out what they want. And I think we're going to leave it open for personalization. So like if you want to throw your name on the back of the shirt, you'll be able to throw your name on the back of it and all that stuff. So. So Mike, do you have your own website? Like does black vinyl? Oh man, I've thought about it. I, uh, I got so close last year, but I chickened out just because I knew it's going to take that much more work. Um, and I've heard from a lot of people that it ends up being more work than they anticipate it to be. So I backed off of it. Um, and I plan on doing it again, but I'm just waiting for Discmania to kind of churn a little bit more out. I, uh, I spent a lot of time dealing with like Prodigy as a, uh, as a dealer and an Innova and Discraft for multiple, multiple, multiple years uh, because I you know, help run a club and I've been running tournaments for so long that I've just secluded myself to just working with Discmania. So if I decide to expand and offer other discs in the future, it would be a better time to launch it. But as of right now, it just didn't make sense with Discmania trying to get their, uh, their production up and running. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you have the bulk of their audience within your groups that you're, you, you frequent, right? Like, yeah. I mean, you might drum up some with the website, but does the hassle really, you know, kind of outweigh some of that? And, right. You know, personally, like, I know me, I have a hard time buying from websites, especially now when I have a relationship with so many, yes. uh, like, so many people. So it's like, oh, yeah, like, I can reach out to Mike Kemp and be like, hey, you got Flex 2P2s. And you'll be like, yeah, here you go. And that to yep. me is so much more personal. Even if it's just that, that's literally the exchange. That means so much more to me than going to like infinite disc and being like drop down menu, buy it now, you know, pay me. Like for me, that's such a disin like disingenuous thing. And much to my sponsor's frustration, something I prefer to do, which is relationship and not necessarily website. <laughs> um, I'm always exact. Great people, no way. Yeah, I'm always so is that, exact. And where you want people to contact you? Like if if you if anyone's listening to this and you wanted a die disc from Mike Kemp, what's the best way to reach you, Mike? Yeah, they can literally hit me up on Facebook if they want, um, or they can hit me up on Instagram. Uh, my handle is at Quotsa, Q-O-T-S-A-R-O-C-K-8-6, and they'll find me on there. Can you say that sure. again? Q, Quotsa Rock, so it's Queens of the Stone Age Rock. Oh, uh, oh interesting. Q-O-T-S-A-R-O-C-K-8-6. I was, I was wondering what it was, because I was always like, this is such a lot of like a Mike Kemp, like what I imagine you're – your handle being yep. and i that's never like i never sounded it out or tried to pronounce it <laughs> that's why yeah yeah and i'll put all that information inside the, the the description on all the places this is posted so josh will do his technical voodoo that he do his technical voodoo stoic technicality that's what allows me the opportunity to look longingly in all of you guys' eyes <laughs> look long <laughs> i know the work i got stoic and longingly yeah hmm well, I mean, now I think it would be a good time to transition to some of our closing thoughts. So, Cody, since you were the quietest, why don't you get us started? Oh, so just throw me under the bus. Um, I would say find a small business like Black Vinyl uh, Disc or any other of the ones. Terminal that Velocity. Have. Terminal Velocity. You have Between the Pines. Uh, we have Jory's Fly Dyes. Find any small business and support them. 
we always talk about how we are a community. Uh, we just talked tonight about disc golfing is a bunch of introverts that like to extrovert sometimes. So support each other. It, you don't have to spend, it sounds like, you know, Mike is not going to charge you an arm and a leg and for something that he will personalize for you. So that's, it'd be pretty cool to reach in the bag and then you have a story. It doesn't even have to be your best flying disc, but maybe that makes a, a friendship out on the course or maybe that creates a, a relationship with somebody online because these guys I've never met before. So find a, a small business and it could be, maybe you don't like dyed disc, maybe you don't like ink, whatever, but there's merch you can buy, there's t-shirts, there's comfy things you can wear, hats. So um, treat others the way you want to be treated, support each other. And um, I think you'll definitely be happy with whatever you decide to support. And I don't think you're going to feel like you wasted your money because these guys on here will definitely take care of you. You won't find them in the feedback group on the bad side because we know what kind of train wreck that can be. But yeah, find, find somebody, build a relationship, get some support, give some support. And I think you will be pleasantly surprised with what you see. Sweet piece of advice, Josh. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking a lot about it when, when Mike was saying that most people are, are patient when you say, Oh, it's going to be like, you know, two weeks before I can touch it after arrives in my house. When you get a, uh, somebody wants you to die a disc. And I feel like when you start finding these dyers, um, including Mike, that are at a skill level that are sought after. There's a lot of people that want Mike to die a disc from him. And it's the same as when you find, when you're going out and looking for a good tattoo artist. And you're not just going to go to some random tattooist if you really want to put a lot into it. And most of those tattoo artists, you're waiting months before you're going to get an appointment, if not longer. I know my wife's uh, arm sleeve, uh, there is like eight months in between each appointment. Um, but he was really good. She loved his art. And it's a good thing to know when you're, when you're going into those higher level dyers like Mike Kemp, that sometimes it might take a little bit, but it's going to be worth it. All right. Mike, any closing thoughts? Uh, I mean, you know, the biggest one for me, um, you know, is, if you have knowledge uh, and people ask for it, uh, try your best to share it. You certainly don't have to, to just give it away to everybody, but uh, I know some of the skills and the tips I picked up uh, on dying have been shared from other dyers. Uh, and, you know, I think that stuff's important. Um, try to treat people with respect. Try to understand the situations that they may be in as well. Um, holy cow, has it been toxic, it seems like, these last couple of years? Um, so just try to be a halfway decent human being, uh, and I guess go out of your way to overtly explain something if you need to, just so you don't seem like a jerk. Other than that, um, have fun, go throw frisbees. That's what we're supposed to do. First and foremost, if you, if you can get out there and toss them and then, uh, enjoy the ride along the way. Thank you. Thank you. So for me, I want to give like a full hearted. Thank you from like us jammers in the rough for you coming to guests on our podcast. Like for me, this is paramount to what we talked about, right? This is that relationships matter. Conversations matter. Taking that risk. Um, this is all like important to me, like to, to us. And for me, I gotta, this is where I gotta be like, I'm sorry. I gotta do our, I gotta do our jammers host duty and be like, guys, 
what an amazing time special guest 10 episodes but for the first 10 episodes we've brought you a pro disc golfer we've brought you a master dyer we've met we brought you an amazing collector we brought you storefronts managing a business we brought you literally a disc artist who designs the stamps and manny like we brought you these amazing things for the first 10 weeks i don't know how we're going to follow it up but you do so we need to hear from you if you want to be a guest on our show if you have ideas for the direction of our show we got 10 weeks we got 42 more weeks of this year to fill up and i'm super pumped to bring it to you weekly something i look forward to mike we're going to have you back because we have to have you back because the hour is not nearly enough to talk about things with you. I just love vibing with you. Obviously you and I talked Cody, like this dozed off and Josh stared. That's why they have their nicknames. That's why I don't because I'm an amazing host. Maybe that's Oh my God. So with that guys, Jammers in the rough. I'm Paige, the amazing host. Oh my gosh, <laughs> with what the is most. happening here? So with that, keep jamming it in the rough, guys. Like and subscribe. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs>